Like, how many seconds of that song can you play without getting copyright infringement? I don't know. Do you want to sing it again? Uh, all my friends. Drive a rider. There you go. Why do you add an accent to your voice? I was trying to go deep. Was there an accent? Whenever you add that accent, it makes me think about the puppet show that you did. All right. That's, that's another episode of the podcast. I know where the puppets are buried. We actually met at Social Fresh last year. From Social Fresh Conference, you're listening to The Social Toolkit, a behind-the-scenes look at today's top social tools and the experts who use them. Delete your AOL email. You've got mail. Log out of MySpace. Close down Internet Explorer. It's time to get serious about today's digital arsenal. Welcome to the Social Toolkit podcast produced by Social Fresh Conference. I'm Jason Keith, founder and CEO of Social Fresh, and this episode of the Social Toolkit is sponsored by Social Fresh 2019. We're back in Orlando for our 22nd conference. I cannot believe we've done this many. It's it's gone so fast. I want you to pick up your ticket. I would love to see you there. Head over to socialfreshconference.com for more info. Today's guest is coming to us from Atlanta. Please welcome to the show, Jason Moldonado, Senior Manager of Social Media at MailChimp. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. Let's talk about MailChimp. So I'm a big fan of MailChimp. Uh, We've used MailChimp at Social Fresh for a long time. Um, And just in general, I think the content that MailChimp creates on their social channels and a lot of kind of entertainment and media brand stuff you guys do now is really great quality, really kind of a great aspirational brands for people to look at, especially kind of a B2B example. Uh, Talk to me about how you got started working at MailChimp on the social team, how long you've been there and what that team kind of looks like today. Sure. Um, I was recruited. I was working at American Cancer Society at the time and was recruited by their amazing recruiting team. I can't, I can't say enough about our internal uh, creative team. And I was really nervous when I came to start. I mean, MailChimp, to your point, was this really, is, is this really amazing creative design forward thinking brand that has this awesome tool for small businesses, app for small businesses. And my first couple of days, I was like, what am I going to bring this company um, and <laughs> racking my brain? And, and luckily for me, um, we were able to get access to a lot of really great tools, which I think we're going to talk about today as a way for yeah. me to kind of understand very quickly kind of what our current strategy was, the strategy of competitors, and, and really allow me to kind of center myself and thinking through how we can continue to take our social media content to the next level. So it was about awesome. uh, almost like three years ago was probably when I started. And we are and uh, were and still are a very lean team. So we have to find efficiencies wherever we can take them. Um, and we publish a lot of content. I mean, the reality is when I started, we were primarily just email and had just launched Facebook and Instagram ads. And now we have organic Facebook and Instagram uh, posting, Twitter posting. We've got postcards you can send offline. We have uh, landing pages and websites. So our product has really just grown significantly. And so that just pretty much starts to snowball the amount of content we have to publish. So being able to track, record, and find areas of efficiency with our lean team is super, super important. <laughs> you have a lot more things to talk about now than you used to. Yeah. Yes, in the best possible way and more audiences to talk to them uh, about. So it's just, it's really fascinating, really great. So, so tell me more about the team size. How many people are working at, on social specifically at MailChimp? I was their second hire. So um, oh, wow. we had, we had um, 
an amazing community manager who was really holding down the fort and brought me in. And we, you know, took definitely took about like three to four months to kind of assess where we had been, where we currently were when I first started and where we wanted to go by way of kind of meeting and doing a lot of internal uh, groups. And the great thing about MailChimp is we're very informal culture. So I had one-on-ones with the co-founders to, you know, to basically ask them like, hey, what is it that you dream of social? What what is it that you expect from us from social, along with our CMO and a lot of our senior leaders? Yeah. So and is it seeing, is it still just two people, or is it grown? Well, those are our co-founders. Yes, we still have our. I mean, two two people working on social. Oh, media. and on our team. Um, uh, no, we've we've grown to a mighty three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Four, yeah, I mean, I know four. you said it was a small team. Still, that w- that would definitely be smaller than I would expect. So that's that's great. To, yeah. When uh, I was at Home Depot, our social team was like 15. Uh, no, 15 it might be a bit, bit of a, we were like somewhere around like 10 and then we had interns. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interns that would, you know, uh, siphon in out on semesters, but we had much bigger team than we do right now at MailChimp. Uh, and we're, we're publishing a lot less content. So again, the, the efficiency side of what we have to do is, is super, super yeah. important for us. Well, and I know you have agency support. How much of the agency support is for, you know, paid social content, organic social content? All of our organic and boosting content um, is done in-house. And then you're right, we do have, um, we have a, another senior manager who handles a lot of our social paid pieces and works with an agency for those individual okay. areas. But even still then, as a social media lead, I'll help weigh in on kind of the strategy or targeting for those pieces too. So there is, there is a little bit, of course, of like supporting each other, as you might, yeah. as you might imagine uh, within our different different channel owners within the organization. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lean team and we, we push out a lot and we're the, I will say the one thing that's really, uh, it, that's really great about still kind of being somewhat lean within the amount of content we have to push out is that's the reality for the small businesses that we, yeah. that we come to, Equally. that we come to work every day, try to help. They're, they're, they're always a lean team as well. They have to do multiple things. So well, and it's reality for most social media managers is it's usually one person or, you know, just like it is at MailChimp, fewer than I would expect working on most teams. So, you know, we're all working to get more people hired in social media and more resources. I, I do want to, it sounds like you're doing a ton and you're, you know, you're trying to be efficient. You're trying to use your time wisely. What, it can you point to something where like the founders of MailChimp or, you know, the leaders of the marketing team look to social for one key thing. I have this quotation on my desktop I, from uh, our founder, uh, one of our founders, Ben, and he said, "Social is conveying the brand and turning it into an experience." And he said that. And I think it was one of my first questions, like, "What? What is your expectations of social?" And he said that social is conveying the brand and turning it into an experience. And I was like, "I'm writing that down." Yeah, I did that. Like, what, if you ever see me present a deck, it's probably one of the first slides you'll see because. There's something really empowering and amazing when you have the head of your company or members of your SLT that understand the power of social. I've worked at places where you have to prove it, right? Um, Prove the value of it. And so knowing that your leadership immediately knows it allows you to take a breath and then just say, great, my work is valued. Now let's get to work. Well, and there's there's personality to MailChimp, which I think, you know, I'd love to hear your feedback on that point too because you're not just building an experience like we're helping small businesses but you're you you know you're giving away socks with the with the monkey logo on it you're you know you're doing some really creative and fun content across the social channels so where does that directive come from and how kind of ingrained in the brand was that when you arrived versus now has that kind of grown over the years yeah, it was definitely ingrained uh, ingrained in the brand when I arrived. Uh, something that we internally just call brand art. Luckily, the power of social, I think all of our leaders internally know that you have to have this balance in your social media channels. 
brand art is one of those attempts to like put out content that is lean back and makes people smile or enjoy. Um, whereas our product content has people lean in with a call to action to do something. And that stuff was all pretty much set. And that's what made me nervous when I first started, which is like, how do I carry the torch of this amazing experience that Mark DiCristina, our head of our brand uh, team and marketing, or just head of brand in general at, at uh, MailChimp, had really started and, and had really snowballed to become the success that it is, or what people really enjoy about our social media channels. And and luckily, he is a phenomenal guy that is really great to learn from. And so he's kind of yeah. given me a lot of like his thinking, and then has allowed me to bring a lot of what my the, the, the perspectives that me and my different team members bring. Um, and we hire a lot of individuals that are unlike other people we already have on our teams, which is great because then we can kind of really think about culture from all angles and then suggest ideas and then figure out which one of those kind of really make it to our content calendar. So most people aren't going to talk about the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Let's do that. <laughs> let's let's create that. an That's good. let's create a, a whole mold of our, our of our mascot Freddy in amber and see if people get the reference. Um, just for the hell of it, you know, just just for fun, just for, for fun to make people smile. <laughs> for some for someone that hasn't seen kind of Mailchimp organic social content, how would you describe the personality of a lot of that brand art? Um oddly funny? I'm not sure. That's a, that's a great question. Um, in, in the sense that like, it, it can depend on the specific area of brand art, but I, I think um, we never try to be too on the nose. And we try to just make people kind of just uh, kind of like almost like turn their head and smile and then like almost a slow smile, not like almost an, not like an immediate smile. Otherwise, that might again be too expected, but something just kind of slowly makes you smile and then maybe start laughing. It's, it's, it's a little bit of an unexpected surprise and delight but odd humor i think <laughs> so like clever and weird but yeah, still, maybe, still with a purpose yeah clever but without like an exclamation mark right like it's, <laughs> it's more subtly clever it makes you again like turn your head and think and i like it slowly get it and smile yeah, yeah i hope so i hope that's what we do <laughs> okay so building off of clever and weird with a purpose i want to talk about <laughs> uh segue into your custom gif library that mailchimp did uh, oh, yeah. and, not, and, and I don't know if they're all necessarily weird, but I think it's a great execution. So MailChimp built their own uh, library of animated GIFs as kind of customer response GIFs, I think, initially, and have used them in various ways. And these are stored on Giphy. Talk about that process and how you use those and what the business case is for creating your own kind of GIF library as a brand. Yeah, totally. So we... Um uh, it was a dark and stormy night. We had received a, a, a cease and desist from a company where we'd used their gifts. Oh, uh, no. And had no rights to use them. Um, and that's really what kickstarted the idea. It was like, hey, some gifts out there in the world that you use, you actually don't have the rights to use it. And Wait, you may not did, you have to, did you have to go in and delete these yeah. gifts? Did you do like a well, mass not, delete not or just delete these specific? Uh, not the ones that we created specifically. This is before we created them. We yeah, were just, yeah. of course, using random gifts of pop culture, right? Like yeah. most people do, but oh, because course. we are a big company, other companies took notice that we might have been using, you know, their uh, not necessarily their gifts, but like pop culture gifts, right? And so um, uh, we just we got a friendly like, hey, so we would like you not to use our gifts. Uh, but it really inspired an idea, you know, from that kind of uh, fail tip. Sometimes we call them internally, like uh, a learning, uh, a lesson, and a, and a pain point. That fail tip really inspired. Like, well, why don't we just create our own? Uh, we have an amazing culture of just really great cool, funky employees. They would love to be involved. It would be a really great social exercise. And so we started creating our own purely for engagement purposes to build like stronger empathy because nothing, you know, even me to this day as social media manager, if I respond to a brand out there like Nike and Delta and they reply back with something, I, I get giddy still to this day. I feel seen. I'm like, whoa, yes, awesome. 
And so taking that experience to the next level, not just getting a like or a favor, but getting back a custom gift of somebody who works at that company just builds a stronger relationship. And so we built them at first based on emotions that we typically would send back to people. And then our customer support team, who's a different team, we're like, we might be able to use some of these when we're responding back to people who have customer support questions. So we built them a whole wing of customer, uh, a customer support gifts. We have not put any paid dollars behind it. And it's, I would say probably by end of year, if not early uh, next quarter, we're probably going to reach about half a billion views. Oh, that's great. Um, which is just phenomenal in regards to uh, being able to see them like out in the wild. Because I mean, obviously our customer support agents and my team use them pretty much daily, if not hourly. But uh, we have a lot of individuals who use MailChimp uh, gifts and uh, for everyday purposes and don't work at MailChimp. They just use them when you know, talking to friends and such. And it's really rallied our internal employees. So every time we say, hey, call out for anyone who wants to be a part of our gifts, we have a laundry list of people who've raised their hands when- and they get excited. If you haven't seen them, just to describe them, uh, from what I've seen, and Jason, jump in if you can give a better description, but usually like a pretty bright background color, solid color, and one of your employees front and center doing kind of an emotional reaction, a celebration or you know confusion or whatever whatever the yeah. emotional reaction is. Any, any emotion you might be trying to convey, we pretty much have logged in that library in different ways. Sometimes they're where it's more, they're wearing MailChimp uh, swag or t-shirts. So that way there's a subtle hint of our brand without it being too overpowering. But I'm looking at a few now and I've got one that has like a, has a, has a woman who's like flailing arms and it says, we're freaking out. And that might be like, if someone's like, loved your new podcast and, and we might yeah. send that back her response. Or we have some of just people dancing. If someone were to say like, I love MailChimp's um, now you can schedule on MailChimp through social media and we might send like that dancing one back, but there's just different emotions. And then we built off our, our library by creating um, stickers for Instagram stories. Oh yeah, I remember seeing people. this for your customers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So those aren't even meant for us to use. It's just a nicety that we've done for small businesses, which is, hey, a lot of small businesses are on Instagram, of course. And so they, they use Instagram stories as a way to communicate new products or new campaigns that new sales. And so we've created them a whole bunch of stickers that they can use by searching MailChimp or searching like sale or searching event and they'll pop up and they're just free for you to use. So that way you can kind of uh, level up the, uh, your Instagram stories by way of just really convenient stickers that just make yeah, it more, remember, more polished. I remember when you guys launching those are kind of call to action focused, um, for anybody, you know, selling stuff through their emails. They can also sell stuff through their Instagram stories. I, I love that kind of building off of the purpose of the platform. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, logistically for that, are, I know Instagram integrates Giphy so you can search, I would assume, MailChimp and get a lot of this stuff popping up inside of Instagram stories. Uh, with Twitter, do you have to manually do that or, or does Giphy integrate with Twitter as well and you can search and find your... your yeah, they, they integrate with Twitter as well. I think, okay. I think it's the most... Uh, I think uh, Giphy integrates with, I think, more than any other. Yeah, they kind of they own the... The yeah, they have the lion's share of it. And, and they're great. We work with them. We were actually speaking. We went kind of talked through our Giphy library as like a customer success story, so to speak, um, earlier this earlier this year. And they're phenomenal to work with. And uh, we could not say nicer things about. Would you recommend uh, people trying to do this, uh, uh, the average company kind of creating their own gifts? And, you know, can they, is it easy to work with Giphy um, or, you know, is, or should they just be looking to do it on their own if they want to do it? Like, what do you what do you recommend as far as someone that would want to repeat this for their business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there are plenty of apps out there where you can create your own custom gifts. So it's very easy to do. And then creating a Giphy channel and uploading them is simple. I mean, it's like creating any other social media post. And then once you have them on your account, 
and you basically tag them by your company name or the emotion that that gift is, then you'll be able to pretty much find them within like 24 to 48 hours. So that way you can start using them. I mean, again, I personally like them because um, if you're trying to build like a more human to human connection with your customers or build a community, there's no stronger way than putting a face with, you know, to your company, right? Yeah. So even if it doesn't have to be your leadership, in fact, most of the individuals that we shoot with are um, employees from our three different offices at all different levels, uh, which is great from a culture perspective. But again, like that face-to-face kind of interaction where you know you're speaking to someone from MailChimp or your business allows people just to kind of, I think, take your brand a little bit more seriously, understand that like you're there to connect with them and whether it's a fun moment or a tough customer support angle, but it really can help just like build stronger empathy between you and your customers. I love it. It's great. I mean, and we, I, you know, when, I, when I'm doing, uh, we do kind of state of the industry reports for a handful of big brands and we've gotten the question quite a few times, you know, are we allowed to use X animated gift, uh, Jurassic Park, for instance, or, yeah, or you know, yeah. Mar- Marvel superheroes. And I, I always tell them, you know, you can talk to your legal, they're going to say no. Um, there hasn't been, you know, uh, a lawsuit that I've seen that's gone, but I know there's been a lot of cease and desist. So this is a great solution for everyone, big, big or small company is to create your own. Um, and I'm glad uh, also MailChimp is creating gifts out there, animated gifts for other businesses to use, which I think is great. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you like it when a brand tweets like a person? Like Frank the Body Scrub? Yeah, that's a great example. I love it. I love it. Okay, so my cousin in California introduced me to Frank. And if you don't know about Frank, he is excited to scrub with you, babe. All of his his conversations is about babe and like it's an Australian brand. Frank, oh, yeah. Okay, at... At Frank underscore Bod on Instagram, if you want to read this for yourself. Wait, I want to read. I want to like read something. You want an example? Yeah. Okay, here. (laughs) I'll be your pool boy, except instead of cocktails, I'll give you glowing poolside skin. Minus the pool. Minus the bikini, too. So that's like one example of the kind of voice. It's like a sleazy novel, like. Uh, but they managed to not make it sleazy. Okay, so it, it sounds like is your it? answer is yes. You do like when brands tweet like people. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> now I'm down the rabbit hole of the Frank Bod Instagram. It's so good. I just ordered some more of this actually. So. Not sponsored. <laughs> well, then you have Mailchimp. Mailchimp actually made original music about email marketing. Oh, it's so funny. I love that jingle. Had real bands record it and then put it on vinyl and sold the vinyl to their customers. So fucking smart. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I want to be in that marketing like team conversation. Like who like pitched the idea and who actually like produced that album? The panel is titled More Than a Meme, Developing a Social Brand Personality That Sells. Featuring Stakeum, Gushers, MailChimp, and Beta Brand. Catch this session live and many others at Social Fresh 2019 in Orlando this November 13th through 15th. Find out more information at socialfreshconference.com. Okay, so I want to jump into a conversation about 
uh, kind of some of the, the harder tools that you're using behind the scenes to plan your content calendar to, you know, maybe some social listening. I know you're using Meltwater, uh, which for folks that haven't um, kept up uh, on the news, Meltwater acquired Sysmos and has integrated that. So they still have all the power of Sysmos's kind of listening tools. And you're also using uh, custom Google Sheets, which, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of social media managers are probably using as well. Uh, so talk to me about kind of how those two, two tools work interchangeably, separately uh, within your content planning process. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for us working with multiple departments, we have to be able to use tools that are accessible to them and that are very easy with, you know, little education. Uh, so we use a lot of our Google Sheets, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the Excel sheets or the PowerPoint sheets, uh, slides, excuse me, um, as a way to build plans and ideate with individuals and finalize plans in a way that is accessible to everyone without having to create them logins and get them training on a tool, right? Because most teams are going to have their own individual kind of systems or processes. So you have to kind of try and if you're, if you can creating a process, just, just very accessible to everybody is helps, right? Make sure that your job can become easier. So Google sheets is something that we do a lot of planning with. So we'll map out our entire calendars in uh, sheets like our, our quarters and we'll tag individuals when we're kind of IDing on specific topics or individual posts themselves and really kind of tag each other and, and again continue to build off ideas or write content or think about design direction within them which is really great and it's just super easy and I, I love that because again like anyone can do that enterprise can use uh, sheets but so can a small business and and it's very easy to do because most of us had some experience in either sheets or excel yeah. which are obviously very similar so it's just something that again is just um, easy to use. You can manipulate it in any way you want to that fits for you and your style. And uh, people can kind of go in very easily and quickly and kind of help push uh, your content through its process, right? I, I recommend having a having a spreadsheet geek in, on the team so that they can yes. <laughs> so they can really dial it in and you know get the color coding and the drop down <laughs> options and all of that. It really helps. Yeah. It, and then, you know, and then you can kind of copy those sheets uh, to kind of create those templates for you for other projects, which is really, which is really great. So, we, I mean, we just kind of use that for everyday uh, easy kind of a production flow. Meltwater is really phenomenal. We use that in multiple ways. Uh, we use them for a lot of digital listening, which is great for us. So um, what that means is like a, they're a tool that kind of takes conversations from the web and social media. And based on like a, a taxonomy or a query or a series of words that we might put together. So an example would be if we said, we want to see all conversations out there in the world related to MailChimp and uh, postcards, which is a product we offer, yeah. right? It'll pull conversations within the time frame we're saying. And then we'll be able to look at all those conversations and learn how are people talking about post mail, MailChimp and postcards, right? So that's a really great way for us to understand our volume of conversations, what are the biggest topics of conversations that people like, what are areas that small businesses are interested in. So maybe we need to probably cover off on that or if we already have a piece of content around that, uh, resurface it. Uh, but we also use Meltwater to kind of think, uh, to do like, I would say like high level planning for the year. A lot of our like day-to-day -day planning is done through sheets, but a lot of high level planning is done specifically within Meltwater, which is great. So there's an easy transition from like once something is finalized and through the process with our sheets, then it'll make its way over to our Meltwater tool for like publishing um, and monitoring as we kind of like scour the web related to different topics we care about. Gotcha. But the, the thing for small businesses to learn, because some of you may be like, oh, I can't afford a tool like that because it is for enterprises. You can do it in individual channels too. So when I worked at American Cancer Society, we couldn't afford a tool like that. So we would set up things in advanced Twitter search 
Um, so you could just Google, you know, advanced Twitter search and you can search individual topics by saying your brand and X topic you care about, right? And by doing that, you can save those, those taxonomies or queries and then always revisit them to kind of understand how people are talking about your brand or a product or type of product that your brand is associated with so that we can kind of learn, like, uh, I would say like, passively through like this huge internet forum that exists out there with data and insights if you just take the moment to kind of look into right yeah advanced so. twitter search is a great tool and you can you can google and get some tips on you know even just searching generic conversations about your customer base uh you know it sounds like you guys are using meltwater at mailchimp to discover what small businesses want to learn more about and you know building content around that you can also do that with generic Twitter searches because we're all human and we typically ask questions the same way. We might tweet out, does anybody have, you know, uh, you know, a, an easy way to mail postcards or does anybody have a, you know, a, a really easy way to customize my, you know, email marketing for mobile, uh, those types of questions. And you can find those little phrases that start the questions or end the questions and, and kind of narrow in Twitter conversations that really help you do that research. I think it's great. Okay, Jason, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, there's this piece of content that MailChimp created on Instagram, I, I believe it was last year, and you actually had music written and recorded about email marketing, which I thought was amazing. The songs were actually pretty catchy. Um, and then you, you didn't only record the music, you actually uh, put it on vinyl. And then the Instagram post that I'm talking about specifically was a record player playing those songs about email marketing on on the vinyl. And I believe, yeah. couldn't people, could people buy the records or did they get given away? Or I, I can't remember the whole campaign. We but. did a lot of surprises. And I, um, it, what it was, it was, it was uh, part of our launch promo materials for landing pages. So uh, oh, MailChimp okay. offers MailChimp landing pages. And so we created a fake uh, landing page under the, the 90s style of those like um, compilation CDs that you might see, like pure music. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Or like now that's what I best call of the eighties. Yeah. Best of the eighties. And this yeah. one was, uh, just ultimate e-romance classics, right? <laughs> a real, like start the bath, get some candles and listen to ultimate e-romance classics. And it was an idea that was again, uh, birth and house with our amazing design and creative team, which was like, what's just something really off the wall and funny that we could do that will allow us to speak to landing pages. And, and it was like, well, let's just create like this fake, let's pretend like we're really trying to give, uh, give away these vinyl uh, records and, and albums related to e-romance e classics. Yeah. Um, and then we'll surprise and delight a lot of people who really enjoy the experience that we create on social media. So we create a landing page, create a lot of social ads to drive people to the landing page as a way to show people like, hey, when you mix landing pages and social media posts, you can get results, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, did that so to kind of like speak to landing pages uh, and they are design team created the music in-house, um, wrote the lyrics, which are, again, as you would imagine, are exactly about like landing pages one, and e-romance. One of them was Make It Personal, and it was like, make it personal. You gotta, you gotta oh, go. Yeah. You gotta go listen. They're good. I just gotta make it personal. They're, they're really phenomenal. And, we, and yeah, so we created them as an actual album. Uh, we had them in our kind of internal uh, store that we have in, for employees to buy. And then we, again, surprised and delight a lot of individuals. And I think uh, re-release the pieces on like uh, International Record Day or World Record Day or something. Nice. I, I happen, it's funny, I happened to be in London when that was happening, uh, when we were kind of launching that and just was kind of excited to have that like little piece out there can in I, the world during that cultural moment. The big question is, can I listen on Spotify to these songs? 
I, you know what, actually, I think at one point it might've been, it might've um, made it. Cause sometimes we do put some of our ad creatives or pieces that we do on channels. So you can find them. Like, um, we did, uh, uh, our brand team created for this ad campaign we did a couple years ago for, did you mean there was a song that was called male shrimp? Um, <laughs> This really funky campaign that was dedicated to the many ways that people have misspelled MailChimp in Google or in search engines. And so one of them is somebody said MailChimp. So they created like a fake, whole fake experience around MailChimp. And and part of it was this song um, that they created. And I knew that one was on Spotify. I'd have to check to see if our ultimate e-romance classics are on Spotify for everyone to listen to. (laughs) But if not, you can go to our Instagram page and and scroll, scroll down a bit. Yeah, you can just put it on repeat on Instagram, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I, so I mean I so this this is would fall into the category of brand art I'm assuming, right? For us, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So but it's, it's it's this nice center ground between when brand art meets product, because typically was, for us, was that made in house? Yeah, yeah, and okay. uh, you know for us sometimes brand art is the pure definition of just that kind of like wonky zany odd fun with no purpose to selling a product it's it's more to break up the your your to break up an experience and just bring you a little bit of joy right uh which is helpful when you're when you're going through a brand's social feed to kind of have little moments of levity and so yeah. sometimes brand art does that and in other cases it's it's product focus where we're trying to remind you that we have this or let you know that we have xyz feature or product and so this was one of those beautiful moments where brand art and product kind of mix because we're teaching people or reminding them that we've just launched landing pages, but in a fun, humorous way. So, Well, and I think it's a great example of, you know, even when you're doing product launches or you're describing something that could be as, you know, creating a new landing page option is not necessarily the most interesting thing. Like landing pages have been around for a while. You know, they, there's lots of consistent features on landing pages, but this is, this is a way to bring in what is kind of a, a fun um, and clever brand personality that MailChimp has into an actual product relevant post, but is also heavily entertaining. So I think just yeah. the way of lifting the brand with, with this type of content is really fun. And I think, you know, a really great example of how people can think about some of the drier things they're trying to push on social. So the other um, one, just really quickly, sorry, because uh, yeah. speaking of like when brand art overlaps with product is when we launched postcards um, about a year ago to kind of announce like, hey, now we have this product within MailChimp that will allow you to send offline, right? Like old yeah. postcards, as you actually know them in real life to um, customers, our internal design team created a mobile game called Post Haste. Um, oh. and, and it was, you know, our, our mascot basically... Uh, delivering postcards very, very similar to Paperboy and um, created it all in-house. And then we launched that as one of our launch materials to announce postcards, which is like, hey, we created this video game that you can play. And if you get a high score, we'll send you some swag. Um, but again, just kind of that amazing uh, yeah. middle ground between when you can talk about your product, but in an engaging, fun way that doesn't necessarily always feel so salesy. I've been doing a lot of video too. I'd love to hear more about kind of the focus on video and, and a lot of that video content is being produced in house um, and what your kind of mindset is around video and social these days. Uh, well, I mean, video from like a branding perspective is, is super important, right? So I think um, I've seen a lot of uh, interesting data that kind of speaks to the idea of like, if you're trying to get conversions or clicks to your website, 
you know, uh, link posts on Facebook or Twitter still drive the most traffic. But if you're trying to build awareness around something, you're trying to get someone emotionally involved in something, video, no doubt, is going to be the most compelling way because there's a cinematic adventure involved in it, which is really helpful. And that's from a storytelling perspective what people expect nowadays, right? They expect some type of compelling video content as a way to get emotionally hooked. So, um, you know, when I worked at American Camp Society, videos were incredibly important as a way to kind of communicate the mission um, and still are in, in relation to like MailChimp as well. Like we have a lot of video components that um, in various angles, like uh, we'll teach people how to gifts so they don't have to be, you know, really difficult things. They could be a gift that you create that shows them like how to do X thing, right? In our product or explainer videos that really go in more detail about something. But we also have videos that, again, are more lean back content. So we have this um, entire um, kind of a subset brand now called MailChimp Presents, which has original series, short films, podcasts that um, are dedicated to kind of like uh, still understanding small businesses and giving them entertainment pieces through video and and, and podcasts too, but videos, a lot of videos um, that really kind of help individuals uh, connect to our brand in a different way that's not always just product focused. And so... Those are actually created from like an external agency, but our internal team does a lot of videos too. And so the video components that are very compelling for our internal teams are really representing our culture and letting everyone kind of know the culture that we have at MailChimp. We try to keep them very informal. And when I say that, I mean like shot from an iPhone. Um, we'll, we'll use like plug-in tools uh, that we purchase, you know, from like Amazon, like microphones that will plug right into our phone. But we try yeah. to keep it very behind the scenes so people kind of get this authenticity feel, right? Like it's not overly produced, those internal culture pieces. It's just simply here to kind of show you the inner walls of MailChimp. Um, And we have a whole agencies, external agencies that will do more of those like bigger ad campaigns um, that are less kind of culture related. Yeah. So, I mean, MailChimp has a lot of high production, you know, content, video content uh, that's being produced, but you're also shooting a lot, especially your team from your iPhone, you're editing video on your iPhone and sending it straight to social um, you're, you're using, you know, you know, basic iPhone editing apps, uh, for video, things like that. So it's, you know, some of the content that comes off looking pretty polished, I think you're actually shooting on iPhone as well. So I think that makes it, you know, a pretty accessible strategy for folks. Yeah. And, and we live in, we live in a world, I think right now where authenticity is incredibly important for users and they want to know that, um, you know, there's a whole reports done by, um, Edelman, which is like this, uh, one of the world's biggest like PR firms that talks about the trust that uh, a lot of people have, a lot of online users have with brands. Yeah. And so it really just kind of stresses this whole idea that like the consumers or users or followers of your brand want to know that like you're being, you know, quote unquote real with them or authentic. And so uh, to me, like shooting from an iPhone and, and some kind, especially if you're speaking about your culture or something that's supposed to be a little bit more informal is important so that way they know like, Hey, listen, this is just what it is. This is how it is. This it's is more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's more relatable. And, and again, I also, I think it just feels a little bit more natural for that user to kind of, um, uh, relate to, I suppose. Yeah, I love that. You know, selfie vertical video. I mean, these things are, you know, uh, trends that we see across social that just create more engaging, more relatable content. So I, I love those examples. Okay, so I, I would love to keep talking. I love MailChimp as, a, as an example, especially for B2B brands of what you can accomplish uh, with creative content on social. But this is kind of the end of the show, Jason. Before we jump into the speed round, is there uh, anything you're working on that you'd like to plug or where can people find you online? Um, uh, my Twitter handle is JW Maldonado. Uh, MailChimp is just at MailChimp. Great. We'll be happy to have you as followers and hopefully continue to entertain you. In regards to things that are kind of coming up from a MailChimp perspective, 
Um, we've got some really great uh, products that are launching actually um, at the end of this year. So that's really exciting. So stay tuned. But uh, again, just uh, our all-in-one marketing platform for small businesses and uh, stay tuned in, in regards to how we're going to bring value to you next. Awesome. I can't wait for the hologram postcards that are coming. Over. <laughs> coming. Yeah, exactly. Next. <laughs> something, something strange and wonderful. Okay. So let's jump into the speed round. Zoom, zoom, zoom. First question up, very important. What's the most underrated emoji? Um, I'm staring at my cat right now. So I'm going to say any of the cat emojis. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say the monkey emojis. There's like 15. Oh, well, see, so it's not, a, it's for us internally at MailChimp. It's not because we use <laughs> it all the time. Um, yeah. So it's quite easy. Oh, so that's uh, most used. There you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. Most that makes sense. <laughs> all right. Favorite app that most people might not know about. Oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with, um, it's called Unfold and it makes your Instagram stories more of a story itself. And yeah. it makes sense. Super polished. I love Unfold. I, if you if you if you see me on Instagram, you will see that I'm an Unfold nut. I just I use it for every story. Oh, I love that. Okay, last book that you read that you would highly recommend? Uh, Magical Thinking by Augustus Burroughs. I just I it was a book I'd meant to read many years ago because I think it's been out for like 15, 20 years, and I just happened to uh, pick it up randomly while at the airport, and, and and I'm currently whizzing through it right now. Nice. Very cool. And what's the best piece of content you've ever created that could be either personal or professional? Oh, dear Lord. Um, so, <laughs> God, there's so many. It's a big um, one. No, it is. Um, so from MailChimp's perspective, the biggest one, we did a, a, this well, we did a Freddy fashion show because MailChimp has been creating like apparel, swag, hats, t-shirts, socks for many years, way longer than I've been at the company. And we have this archive, a library of all the basically everything we've ever created. And so when I first started, I was like, let's do our own September issue. And so we created a live video um, of employees walking down like during fall fashion week, all of our old <laughs> apparel kind of, you know, playfully mocking fashion shows. They were pretending to, you know, act like they were wearing product clothes, but they were wearing t-shirts and jeans and backpacks and silly and hats and such. Um, and pretended to have like Anna Wintour and all these uh, uppity fashion people in the audience. And then we targeted every single fashion week that happens because there's, they happen all through September and October, Milan and Paris, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, cool. And, and just received so many delightful comments from people in those cities who were kind of, again, it provided a much needed break from the very um, serious world of fashion when they needed it, which was, which is phenomenal because there's also a lot of small businesses that are in the apparel business. So it was, yeah. And what was that on like Facebook or? Um, it was uh, primarily on YouTube because it was live stream and Facebook. Okay. And then we did like a shorter version of course for Instagram, just given the limitations. I will say, um, the most meaningful piece in regards to emotions is when I first started out, I used to work on Huggies as a community manager. Um, and I obviously, well, at that time, not obviously, I hadn't had kids, I was 25. And so I, not, not, a, not, a kid, not a parent, excuse me, but I was the community, a faceless community manager. And so yeah. I used to have to give a lot of advice to mothers. And by doing so, I used to have to like search baby center and mom cafe <laughs> to find answers for them. Um, I say that because one of the nuggets that we eventually pulled out through uh, observing the channel was that there's a lot of uh, mothers out there who go through long-term effects after giving birth to their child, whether it's post-traumatic stress or health-related issues, and they don't ever like to talk about it because it, it can oftentimes feel like they're, uh, if by by talking about it, they're complaining about their child yes, um, or they're complaining about the experience. And so we elevated that and made it into an entire campaign, uh, which was uh, really kind of built on like the things you're not allowed to talk about. Um, and pulled together like UGC questions like, hey, ask submit a question and we will, uh, we will pose it during the week. And as, as we did that, like, Hey, X Sarah wants to know blah, 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 blah. 
then it would receive hundreds of comments for people giving Sarah advice. And we would tag X person so that way they knew specifically like, hey, here's, here's an entire news thread of hundreds of comments for advice. And it really felt like it was helping a lot of mothers address some of the topics they felt like yeah. they didn't have space to talk about that on. And so um, that, was, that was what really hooked me in on social media because that was like really my first job out of college. And that's when I knew like social media can really provide a very meaningful experience if you let it. What a wonderful story to end on, Jason. I really appreciate that uh, piece, you know, crowdsourcing the harder questions of, of the parenting world. I can't wait to have you at the conference. We've got you on the brand personality panel talking about the great creative and, and person, personality that MailChimp has across social media. We look forward to hosting you out in Orlando on November 13th through 15th. Uh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you jumping in for this interview. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to meet um, all you listeners out in Orlando. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Toolkit brought to you by Social Fresh. Today's show was made possible by a great team of people, including Nicole Delonzo, my partner and co-producer of the show. Special thanks also to Scott Monty, the voice in our intro, and Jason Yarborough for his speed round sound effects. Social Fresh is a social media training and education company. We help you stand out from the social media crowd through events, training, and industry analysis. If you'd like more information on how you can work with us at Social Fresh, please visit socialfresh.com slash services. And we will see you again on the next episode of the Social Toolkit. 